Hey, Bam Bams. Welcome back. I've got Alexi Toliopoulos on the show this week. Um, we are promoting our new series, Finding Yeezus. The first episode is out today. If you're listening to this on the Monday, the 26th of September, if you're not listening to it on that day, well, fuck, it's already out. I don't know what I can, I can't do much about that. We've got new episodes coming out every Monday for the next six weeks. It's a great show. We're going to talk about it a little bit coming up. First, let's get to some freaking plugs. Yes, Sydney. September 28th to October 2, I'm doing new material at the Sydney Fringe Festival. The link is in the show notes. Yes, it's true. Tasmania on November 17, I'm in Hobart. On November 18, I'm in Launceston doing my show Electric Dreams. And yes, everyone listening, I have been teasing that I have Adelaide, Melbourne, Brisbane, and Sydney Encore shows of Electric Dreams coming up. And guess what? They've had to be postponed. I was actually set to announce them today, but they had to be postponed until some point next year for reasons that I actually can't say right now, but I will say it's not a bad reason. It's an exciting reason. Something's come up that I'm very excited to be able to work on and uh, it means I have to do Electric Dreams next year. So that is what is going to happen. Keep an ear peeled for that. Keep an ear peeled? Is that something people say? They say keep your eyes peeled. Who says you can't keep your fucking ears peeled too? Don't let people say what you can't keep peeled. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, I've gone mental. Um, so, yeah, check out Finding Yeezers. It's online right now on the Grouse House YouTube channel. I will put the link in the show notes as well. Keep calling on 1-800-BECKY-CAM. I'm loving getting your calls. Keep sending me voice messages on Instagram at I am Cameron James. Those are all getting in the mix too. And in the meantime, please enjoy this episode with one of my great friends, Alexi Tolliopoulos. Becky back and Cam hotline. Hi, hurry up. This is Becky speaking. Cam is also on the line. What's your problem? Hi there. King Cam Hotline. Riff and roll. It's <laughs> the new thing. <laughs> do we got a riff and roll? We do riff and roll. Riff and roll. That's a good comedy um, night. Name. Fuck. We should. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. It's only improvisation and only music comedy. <laughs> yeah. There's improvisers broken up with uh, like people like Josh Earl and um, yeah. Yeah, Smart Casual, we bring them back. We bring Smart Casual back. They're a huge part of it. And that's what we promote around, guys. Sydney's favourite comedy musical duo from eight years ago are finally back. And there would be people that would get excited. I'd probably be excited. I'd be pumped. I'd be stoked. I'd be in the... I'm in the exact demographic to give a shit about that, I reckon. Yeah, comedians from eight years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Alexi, it is an exciting morning for you and I because this is the morning that the first episode of Finding Yeezus is out into the wild. 
it freaking drops. It plops and it explodes into the world right now. Can you can you not say plops? Does it? Okay. Can, did you pick any other word? Because like okay. no one no one's ever described. The only thing people have used the word plop to describe is it's one thing, and you don't make me say it. Please don't okay. make me say it. Well, then let me say rephrase it. It hatches out into the world. Mm, Cameron you. and I have been gestating an egg in mm. our bellies for the last 1.5 years and mm-hmm. finally we have laid that egg and that egg has hatched and from within it pops out a web an series exciting web series <laughs> did you ever dream that one day you would make a web series I had always hoped ever since I was a young boy <laughs> that I would get to make a web series one day when I was a little boy, it was my biggest dream. I was sitting at home watching the movies of Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro and going, yeah. hey, I hope I can do that on the internet one day. <laughs> I hope I can do that in 15-minute bites. <laughs> but I am really excited about it because, you know, uh, I think we've pushed the form much further than we have before in that kind of documentary sense of what we are able to do as far as, you know, weaving narratives in reality. That's true, yeah. I, I'm really excited too. Even though um, I, our original dream was that this would be a feature film. We always hoped that this would be a series of feature films. Yeah. We hoped, <laughs> instead of six 15-minute episodes, we mm. hoped for six two-and-a-half-hour feature films. And we did film enough for that. Yeah. These could have been yeah. stretched out to <laughs> yeah. 24 hours, but we decided to keep cutting, keep cutting, keep cutting till they're around the bite-sized length of 12 to 15 minutes each. <laughs> it is exciting. I'm so happy it's out there. It feels like it's been the longest journey. Longer than any of the other journeys almost. Um, yeah, probably definitely, right? Longer, yeah. lo- A longer gestation period than Drago and Desperado. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a long time coming and it's like had it's evolved so much from where we started. I yes. would say at the start of our journey, when we finished making Finding Desperado mm-hmm. and we started dreaming about Finding Years, we started yeah, finding We laid story. down, we tucked ourselves in and we started dreaming. <laughs> That's how our creative process begins. Cameron and I, when we're making one of these, we do share a bed. We rent an apartment, we share a bed and yeah. it's just one bed in the middle of a studio apartment. We, we top and tail. Charlie Bucket's grandparent style, obviously. Exactly. Yes. With our partners as well, just like Charlie Bucket's grandparents. There's four of us in a bed. We top and tail, but so our heads touch in the middle. It's a really big bed. And that way, Cameron and I share a dream together. (laughs) But back then, when we first fell asleep on that very first night, I think the content of episode one was almost the entire series with what we were planning out. Yeah, that's so true. And then as we dove deeper into it, more and more was uncovered. And all of a sudden- Into the world of Nod as we we slept our way through creating this. Yes. Man, it's very exciting. I'm so glad it's out there. Listen, you and I, we Mm -hmm. love the freaky. We love the deaky. We love the worlds of the both ooky and the spooky. Mm -hmm. We love myth, mirth, and magic. (laughs) Triple M. (laughs) That's what it stands for, triple M. Myth, mirth, and magic. Triple M. (laughs) 
For anyone who's not from Australia, that's the, that's the radio station ID. And it's for real blokey guys. <laughs> but we, we've just uncovered that it stands for Myth, Mirth and Magic. <laughs> So all the all the tradies out there listening to Triple M on your freaking Nikita today, mm-hmm. you know, it's know you're listening to the Myth Mirth and Magic station. So it's very yeah. exciting. And feel the vibe. But we've we we love we're no stranger to the worlds of the dark and the mysterious and the and and the ooky and the spooky as I said mm-hmm. before and uh on today's episode. We actually episode, said freaky and dicky. I said you didn't both. say ooky and spooky. I said you did? freaky, dicky, ooky, spooky, and I have two more prepared that I will drop wow. later, and I can't say what they are. Okay, I I'll can't say wait it to hear right those now. Plop. Scary and hairy. Wow. Okay, that is, I would say, quite exciting. Thank you. Thank you. There's nothing, nothing wrong with a little bush when things get hairy. <laughs> We gotta have something to retreat it and hide if you're freaking out in a scary wilderness out there. I know. So look, we the first call I want to play for you today on the Becky and Cam hotline because yes, this is officially the Becky and Cam mm-hmm. hotline. Even though Becky is not here, it's she is here in spirit. She's with here me in always. spirit, and so I hold know. Becky Lucas in my heart at all times. <laughs> yeah, me too, uh, <laughs> and in the locket around my neck. But uh, we've got a lot of calls this week that delve into the. Into those sort of areas that wow. you and I quite like, quite oh my gosh. sinister little shadowy worlds. Oh, good lord! The realm of myth, mirth, and magic. <laughs> yeah, the triple M, and that is the name of this episode. I've decided: <laughs> <laughs> myth, mirth, and magic. Triple M. <laughs> so I'll play the first call for you right now, and uh, that might set the scene for the tone that we are mm-hmm. in for on this journey. Hey, Cam. Hey, Becky. Uh, just a quick story. I, I used to work night shift at a service station. One night a guy came in uh, with a bandage over one hand and the stumps of two of his fingers bleeding through said bandage, meaning that he had lost his fingers in the last probably 48 hours, I would guess. Um, he bought a large can of V and went to grab it with the hand that had no fingers on it and smashed it over. It was a very awkward and scary experience and I was just wondering if you've ever had any uh, awkward or scary experiences working night shift or or any job really. Uh, Thanks for the podcast. (laughs) Thank you Justin. Justin, holy smokes, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's hectic. I also love that it's like this guy has been maimed recently and things ain't dangerous and Justin's like, yeah, it was pretty awkward. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I love that. It's like, yeah. So this guy clearly had been in some kind of altercation, knife fight. He definitely mm-hmm. was bleeding all over the shop. Have you ever had a freaky, weird, awkward, cringe experience? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks I mean, so yes, much, Yes, I Justin. have. Yeah. Yes, and, Justin. And I happen to know, Alexi, that in your experience on this earth, you've worked mm-hmm. in a video store, so I can only imagine that you've experienced some level of Larry David-esque cringe that Justin had. <laughs> Possibly a few bleeding torsos, open wounds, anything creepy like that? 
all many encounters. The video store, it, you know, now it's an extinguished place. Yeah. It was once a sacred place yes. where many different aspects of the world would meet. I feel like it was a bit of a danger zone in there because anyone can stroll into the video store. Everybody loves to watch movies and TV on DVD and VHS, and it was the yeah. one place that you could go, so the community would come and meet there. So you would meet so many different kinds of people, and I would say like other service jobs, um, it is so easy to be harassed in a video store <laughs> because, you know, yeah. there's... There's nothing more annoying or stressful than finding out you've got like a $200 late fee and then you just become incensed. So you get yelled at quite a lot. But Justin reminded me of one of my more stranger encounters in my okay, life. Okay, here we go. This is and I would love about. to call this segment's Encounters at the Counter. Oh, that was really good. That was really good. And this is why you're one of the great podcasters of the nation. Yeah. Well, you know, it's my kind of Kevin Smith vibe, you know? There's stories that the clerks tell. And that's uh, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm in my Kevin Smith era when I'm kind of reminiscing about my days at the counter. Please tell me that when this story takes place, you weren't even supposed to be there that day. Cameron, would you believe it? I wasn't even supposed to be there that day. I was not meant to be rostered on. Someone called in sick and I had to come in and save the day because I'm a fucking hero, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a hero of this story, dude. So, what time of day or night was? does this take place? Set the scene. This would have been like afternoon, like 4 p.m. Freakiest time of the day. And the scariest season of them all, summer. Summer of Jaws. When it's stinking hot. It's so stinky hot and so sweaty. Everyone is sweating it up, causing goo all over their bodies. Yeah. And there were- <laughs> yeah. I remember there was this guy coming in. I would have been like 20 years old, 21 at the time mm. working at this. I was working in a video store in King's Cross, a video easy. Oh, and wow. King's Cross in Sydney is like, at that time, at least, was like a pretty scuzzy area of town. It's yeah. known for its nightlife, the underbelly of, of Sydney, uh, where the underbelly world- squizzy. Underbelly Squizzy is set there, as is Underbelly, the Golden Mile, two favourite crime shows set in Australia. So Underbelly was shot there as well, but it's yeah. known for the Underbelly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what, what, what era is this? Is this the 2000s? This is post-Golden Mile era, so okay. he had already come and gone. Okay. This has been this is po- 2000 what- and... 13 or 2012. Okay, so so as far as we know, organized crime has largely been eradicated in King's mm-hmm. Cross, but the the shadow of mm-hmm. that man who we shall not name, even though he is currently the EP, I believe, of a TV series that's being filmed right now about his life. Wow. Um, still hung over King's Cross. And not to mention... It's kind of a haunted area. A lot of people know this about King's Cross that it's it's mm. uh, there was a lot of like gang murders back mm. in the early Sydney days. I'm talking settlement era, There's, and it's very urban area yeah, as well. High so density, high density, high urban density. Area. Lots of stories in the city that never sleeps, which is King's Cross because this was known for nightclub life as well back then. That's true. Not anymore because of development and certain laws that kind of push the nightlife away from that area. <laughs> yep. 
yep. since then. Yep. But back then, it was a hive of scum and villainy. That's true. And you were working there at a video easy. Mm-hmm. Which was one of the most dangerous spots in the whole cross. Yeah, I bet. People coming in looking for American Pie 3 mm-hmm. uncut. American and Pie I presents say- Bandcamp. <laughs> <laughs> American Pie presents Beta House, The Golden Mile. All yeah. the stuff. All the awesome I mean, not stuff. the Golden Mile. That's where I worked. The Naked Mile, wasn't the na- it? American I think it's called Pie the Naked movie. Mile. I've seen them all. I've seen them all at some point. And they are but- scarier, each and every one of them. <laughs> there was this guy that came in on this afternoon shift, and I wasn't even supposed to be there that day. And already this guy drew my attention because... It was sweltering summer sun. Sure. It's so hot in Sydney. Spooky I'm season. wearing my little. Sh- I'm wearing my little shorts because <laughs> I'm I'm dying of the heat. Yeah. This guy comes in. He's wearing a black leather trench. Oh boy, that is. Uh, that's a. I would normally say a red flag, but I will say now a black leather flag. That's a black a black leather flag. Leather flag. You, yeah. And, and he and has got these little glasses on, these little sunglasses. How not little? Quite, not quite Morpheus little, but okay. they are little, and they do conjure up feelings of the Matrix for me. When I see a guy walking in with a black leather trench, mm. he's got slicked back hair, yeah. he's little sunnies. Yeah. Um, not quite Speed Dealer either, but they're somewhere between Morpheus, Speed Dealer, mm-hmm. Matrix-style sunglasses. All right. And I'm like, this guy has one of the most sensational vibes I've ever seen. There's, <laughs> I'm feeling something from this person. Yes, that charisma. He's gonna, he's gonna alter the existence of my life. You feel way. the molecules change in the video easy around you, mm. and you know, you know, you've just entered another dimension for a few minutes. I love those mm. moments. And he comes up to the counter. And this is my encounter at the counter as it begins. Okay. And so, the starts- segment begins now. Encounters at the counter <laughs> with Alexi Toliopoulos. He starts engaging with me and starts talking to me because he wanted my advice about, like, movies. But it was more like he just needed to talk to someone or talk at sure, someone. Sure, And he's kind of eyes are darting around. He's not making direct eye contact with me. He's kind of moving his head quite around. And he introduces himself to me. And he says his name is uh, Blade. <laughs> He said his name is Like the Daywalker. Like the Daywalker. (laughs) And then he also said he goes by the names Static and Black Dragon. Listen, if if your name is already Blade, you don't get two other cool nicknames. Mm. Static and what? Black Dragon. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, hey, so my birth name's Blade, but I, uh, you know, I... Other people call me Static and Black Dragon. Mate, they're all nicknames. Mm. Don't don't bullshit a bullshitter. We know Don't bullshit a bullshitter. You've made all these names up for yourself. These are not your Christian names. Exactly. And I don't think he I think he may have shunned Christianity. And he was yes. kind of like a weedy looking guy, a little uh-huh. bit edgy. Okay. And, but he didn't feel like, you know, there were a lot of times where there'd be a lot of you know, addicts and stuff that would come into that store, mm-hmm. but he didn't have that vibe either. And he started like showing me pictures of like dragons and stuff on his phone. He started showing pictures of dragons, like drawings of dragons, drawings? And stuff like that. And it wasn't an iPhone; it was like a like a pre-smartphone era, like, like first camera style phones, <laughs> a Samsung, a Nokia, or something like that. And there were photos that he had taken of dragons, pictures of dragons on the internet that he'd put his phone to the screen and take oh, photos no. of. No, no. How, how did that come up? 
How does this begin? No idea. I mean, you know, <laughs> did he be like, do you have Dragon Heart on DVD? <laughs> do you have Dragon Slayer? Do you have Rain of Fire on DVD starring Matthew Peter McConaughey? McNichol movie? Peter McNichol movie Dragon Slayer? I'd love to watch it. <laughs> oh, if you don't, <laughs> check this out. Anyway, okay, so that's this is really exciting. I love already. I love this. This is great. He's mm. showing you pictures of dragons. From but you've known me for about like you know almost mm. ten years now. You sure. know that the people just come up to me and talk yep. to me about like weird stuff. This yeah. is like not. This is already not out of the ordinary. So I'm yep. just like, oh yeah, cool man. I'm not even like reacting weird to it. Mm. And then I think this was the first time I saw him. But I saw him many times after this. And I can't remember if the first time I saw him, he invited me. But a second time, it would have been the second or third time that he came back. And he would always be the same interaction. He would always come in the afternoon. It would always, it was summer when I was working at this video store. And he was always wearing those little sunnies. He was always wearing a black leather trench. He always had his hair slicked back. And there was this other time he came in, and he said, "Alexi," as if we have become friends now. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh shit!" I yeah. knew immediately. I'm in too deep. This and guy you, has. Do you call him Blade or Static? Like, what do you call him? I called him Mate. <laughs> no, it's a non-committal. I, I love it. I couldn't do it. I yeah. couldn't do it. You it's know? a huge it's, ask. I, mm, it's, it's a, a lot. It's ask. a lot. And you know, uh, people often will presume too much friendship with me. So if I start saying their name, they start feeling me in their heart. So I have to put a little barrier up somewhere. You know. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, hey, mate, how you going? And he said that, um, I, I think he presumed a lot of friendship with me. And he was like talking to me about like, you know, we're mates and stuff. Mm. And he wanted to invite me to something this night. And I'm like, fuck, my guard's up. I'm like, absolutely. There's no way, obviously. What was he inviting you to? He invited me to the ceremony where he would be turned into a vampire that was happening that evening. No. He said that it's around the corner and that he would be turned into a vampire tonight and he would want me to be there as one of his friends to witness it. So, is it like when, like in um, Goodfellas, like when Joe Pesci's getting made, mm-hmm. like there's a ceremony and I assume all the other vampires are around and they do like a little blood oath. Like, they, do they take a matter? How does it work? I well, thought vampires I were just like I said I was by busy. some freak. <laughs> Okay. I said I was busy. I always when, assumed um, like vampires. It's like you get bit by a bat, and then you f- and then you're a vampire. I didn't realize it was like uh, you mm. put on a nice suit and you get driven down to I don't know a house in the suburbs, light a candle, and you burn a burn saint, a saint in your hands. Yeah, I didn't I, realize it was that. I think I had assumed the same thing, but then I was like, well, maybe that's a lot of the time where people it's not their choice to become a vampire. It seemed okay. Blade's life was leading him all the way up to becoming a vampire. Mm, so he he sort of said, I'm ready to finally be immortal. And I'm what, ready to get my wings. Did he explain did he explain to you what the ceremony was or what it would you know, how it takes place, where it was? Did he give you any details? No, because I didn't want to know. And I it's one of my great regrets in life that I didn't go to that to see what the heck was up. But that was not the end of Blade in my life. I remember right after that, that week, the weeks after that, I never saw him ever again during the day. He never, mm, ever came back into the store. Wow. Never, ever saw him during the day. But like in the weeks after that, 
um, I would see him around at night quite a lot, like around the cross and stuff. And I do remember one time where I told uh, our good friend Nico Malian, comedian, mm. <clears throat> about this story. And we had just started doing stand-up around this time. And uh, we had gone to a party. We are walking home from a party through... What's that park across the way from Broadway in... Uh, oh, yeah. I never, know, I never know the name of that park, but yeah. Is it that El- park. Elizabeth or something? I don't know. Whatever. I know something. the park, though. The park near Sydney Uni. Yeah, we we're big walking pond through that. In there, be a couple of playgrounds. What's a pool? Ducks There's and even a geese pool and in goose. There. There's a freaking pool in there. There's a cafe or two. Yeah, and we we're walking through that park, probably like two or three a.m. after a party, and we just saw him walking around that park by himself. Ooh. And I had already told Nico about this guy. I was like, this is a weird guy in my life. I keep spotting him around everywhere. And then we saw him together and he was like, oh my God, I can't believe that guy's real. Because no one believed me that this guy existed. No one believed me when I described his appearance to them. And then I think we are Facebook friends. I think he's messaged me a few times <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> he once did ask me if I would go with him to LA if he won this competition from the Ellen DeGeneres show. What? I said I was busy too, but uh, you know. <laughs> What the fuck? Hang on. Yeah. I didn't... How do those two worlds cross over? Ellen and being a vampire? They're probably just two separate interests in his life, you know? (laughs) Like, you like music and movies. This guy (laughs) likes vampires and Ellen. (laughs) Um, So, what do you think? Do you think he took the the ceremony? Well, I don't... I think that he would have taken the ceremony, but it's weird that I never saw him again during the day. So yeah. it's just one of those things that obviously I don't know. I don't think I believe that vampires are a real thing in this world. Yeah. But maybe some people do believe that they are vampires. But then also, what if I went on this Ellen show with him? Is he going to be in the cargo in dirt like freaking Dracula <laughs> coming to America or whatever? Is he going to be in a freaking dirt-covered coffin? He's like, and I'm I just hope they don't night shoots at Ellen. Uh, oh, he's got like one of those big, like a beekeeper outfit on to keep the sun off. <laughs> he still has to keep normal hours because he's got jet lag. He's yeah. like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. I'm going to be up during the day. Wow. Very exciting. Very interesting life, this guy. that you. I mean, your experience with Blade, that is... That's yeah. unbelievable. And that's very, I think that's, Justin, I hope that answered it for you because that, that to me was fantastic stuff. And you know what? Yes. Your yeah. guy, Blade, and Justin's guy with the bleeding fingers, they should hang out because, you know, oh, yeah. Blade could just suck on this guy's fingers all night. He would love that to pop those two fangs down those index and, ri- and ring finger, I'm assuming, oh, got yeah. ripped off. He'll yeah. leave the middle one so he can flip people off. <laughs> yeah, he can still do the Sufi. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> Pointer and Pinky gone. The two middle ones up, so he's in the constant Sufi. Um, that's yeah. I'd love to be hanging out with those two while they're sucking each other's fingers and stuff. That's great. Yeah. Well, I can probably get you Blade's contact if I still have him on Facebook. That would be great. I'd love to know his actual name. That's more exciting to me to know. He's like, yeah, people call me Blade, but my name's actually Darren. Mm, he did give me another name. But well, what was I won't car? say what it is. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. He never rented anything. Holy shit. I don't, that's why I didn't know his real name. He never rented anything ever. He would just come in and talk with me. Fuck, dude. Oh, my God. 
That's, oh my god, that's a detail I've never recollected. That he, he is a key detail. I think mm. that's a key detail to understanding Blade. Because he would just come and he'd also take photos of his little phone of the movies that he wanted to watch. So he'd probably a pirate or something. Oh, uh, yeah. But then yeah, why yeah. wouldn't he have a better phone if he's technically <laughs> literate enough to do pirate movies? <laughs> God damn it, dude. <laughs> All right, I've got another call here. I, after that one came in, I put a call out for mm-hmm. anyone else that had any other freaky, weird experiences. And I got inundated by people who had experiences with the paranormal and the oh supernatural. My gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. I just felt the tingle, Cameron. Yes, yes. So, we'll go to our first one here. This is from Brittany. And just to warn before you play this, Cameron, there's sometimes when I read or hear paranormal stories that are real, I involuntarily start crying. Like, just yeah. water comes out of my yeah. eyes. I don't know what that is. I've not asked anyone. It just happens. I'll, I'll tell you before I play this as well that yesterday... Oh, we, we we had the day off because it was a public mm-hmm. holiday because tragically Queen Elizabeth II did yep. pass away. Tragically. She died and we don't know how yet. We don't know how. We don't know. You know, we haven't seen the body. I've asked to do an mm-hmm. inspection of it. I've said, give me 15 minutes alone yeah. with the body and, uh, and yeah. turn the cameras <laughs> off. <laughs> and you waited in line for 15 hours just to get to the front <laughs> to ask that question. And they said, no, obviously. And I said, just give me 15 minutes, me and her, no, oh, turn the cameras off. Mm-hmm. And mano and mano. <laughs> let me have a look and figure out what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they didn't let me do it. But on my day off yesterday, my day of mourning, for the first time in my life, I wanted to watch a movie that I've never seen before that is also a bit of light and breezy fun entertainment, something that I could mm-hmm. just chill out on the lounge and watch. And exactly, I watched. Exactly, you've earned it. I've earned it. I watched two movies, a franchise, technically, the, wow. the, the movie and the sequel to the movie that I've never seen oh, before. Wow. They were National Treasure and National Treasure 2. The Book of Secrets. And there were multiple times during both those movies that I experienced what you just described, where my Mm. eyes involuntarily welled up with tears at just the idea of a tunnel underneath Mm. New York City that led to a temple. There's something about it where it's like something far out, like a mystery unlock thing, or I feel like I confront something from outside of my realm. My my tear ducts just start going wacko. (laughs) All right, so if either of us cry during the rest of these, you know, that's mm-hmm. what it is. Okay. We're here's, still cool. We're still cool. All right, let's hear from Brittany. Hi, Becky and Cam. Long-time listener here. Um, just calling about your UFO uh, request. So my sister and I, when we were teenagers, were staying at my Nana's farm in very remote Victoria. Um, basically, the town has like 100 people. She lives kilometres away from anyone. There is no one around. Um, one night we were sitting up watching TV and all of a sudden this massive shining bright light shines through the um, living room. And then there's a massive bang at the side of the house and it just goes completely silent and this light just stays there. My sister and I were like, oh, yeah, it must be a car or a street light." But then we realised how remote we were and there was absolutely nothing around. Um, basically, the light just disappeared and that was that. We asked our nana about it the next day and she basically was like, oh, yeah, there's always UFO sightings around here. It's probably that. Um, no one seemed to care, but, yeah, very curious. Thank hey, you, yikes. Brittany. Thank you. Do you know what? That... It's like all my life I've loved UFO stories mm. and 
loved reading them. When I was a kid, I used to like uh, try and find UFO. I'd try to stay up and try to hunt mm. for UFOs in the sky and stuff. And I've told you this, but I had the, I had a magazine subscription to a paranormal magazine called The X Factor, which was mm. pre, it predates the singing show. <laughs> Although I believe the magazine still exists It's called The X Factor But it's now about the singing show yeah. It's uh, now called The Voice What the heck? It's now called The Masked Singer What? <laughs> what the freaking heck? What the frick? Okay, my wires are crossed here But uh, I, I've never I was never scared of UFOs I never found mm. the idea of them Freaky or malevolent Until the movie Nope which we both have just oh, recently wow. seen. Yeah. And that was the first time I ever considered them to be like a, a horror, like an element mm. of horror. But this experience oh. reminds me a lot of that. The idea of kind of being like stalked and watched by UFOs out in like a like a kind of, mm. you know, empty area. That's scary shit. I think that's freaky. There's a UFO movie I want to give you, Cam. It's mm. called Fire in the Sky. It's based on a real, like a real UFO uh, experience. It's real freaky, real scary. Uh, recommendation for everyone, not just Cameron. You're allowed to watch it if you heard me recommend it. Um, this reminded me of something that happened in my life too. What happened? I remember in rural Victoria, I was with my cousins and it was a New Year's Eve party. Uh, we would have been... I would have been 12 years old or something. And uh, we were with all these other kids at this New Year's Eve party. All the parents are drinking and stuff. And it was like just outside of Melbourne or something. I don't really remember where it was because I don't know Victoria very well. But there was like farms and the houses were further apart from each other. And we were on a trampoline and trampoline was right near the fence to the next property. Next property over was... uh, pretty just grassy there were some trees and stuff but it was mainly sheep and there were some foxes in that yard as well and we were all playing on on the trampoline we had a torch and we we're like shining it to like see all the try and see all the foxes and the sheep and you know with these creatures their eyes reflect mm. back when yeah, you shine the lu- torch luminescent so you, eyes yeah you get that luminescent eye and we're shining it around and when we're shining the torch there's one set of eyes where the shine the shine reflects off them that is much too tall to be a sheep, much too tall mm. to be a fox. And we all see it. And once we all, like six of us, see that reflection come back, we all jump and hide under the fence because we just knew there was something wrong. What did you think it was? Well, probably a guy, but... <laughs> 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 I think at the time we thought it was quite scary because a human eye doesn't really do that though, right? I actually don't know because our eyes reflect in old film photos, you know? Like that was mm. the big thing when you would get your films developed in the 90s was red eye, they called it, which obviously yeah. doesn't exist now, but like it was a, a thing, a problem back then. So there mu- we must have mm. some weird filmy thing in our iris that reflects, but maybe... Yeah, you don't think of it with human eyes and torchlight, do you? Mm. But it really, it bounced back. It felt really, we all felt a bit sick. How old were you? 12, I think. Yeah, God. I used to love, I love this exact feeling that you're describing mm. right now. It's, um, it, uh, my whole childhood was in the pursuit of this type of shit. Where I grew up in Newcastle, um, we were on the edge of the bush and a kid in our street, an older kid called Aaron Silk, told everyone that there was a creature that lived in the bush called the Grey Man, much like the movie oh, The Grey Man, which has just come wow. out. <laughs> we got the wrong gosling in the bush. 
Ryan Gosling in a tracksuit hanging out in the bush. <laughs> Not bad if you can get it. But he, the Grey Man, what a perfect great title name. for an urban legend. So like, good. If Silky came up with it, good on him. <laughs> yeah. but it sounds like at least this was passed through orally from someone else. So he would say to us, like when we were little, and he would he would have been you know maybe ten or something, and I would have mm. been eight or seven, but. He would say that he had seen the grey man in the bush. And so me and all my friends and my cousin, who also lived on our street, would go into the bush every day after school and and spend like two hours just walking around trying to find evidence of the grey man and trying to find him. And then years later when I was in high school, I brought it up to Silky, as you called him. I was Mm. like, yo, remember the grey man? And he was like, What? Huh? And I was like, the grey man. He was like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. And he'd probably just made it up one day. <laughs> ay, ay, but ay, it was my, but my whole still. childhood was shaped by the idea of the grey man living in the bush behind me and that I could potentially find it. And mm. I didn't know what it looked like. But in my head, it was like an one of those classic green man aliens. The grey, those greylians. Yeah, those little greylians with like a big head and big bulbous mm. eye. That's what I was visualising every time I thought of the grey man. Do you think we are visited from creatures from another world? Human I, beings from another plane, something? So glad you asked me this. So glad. I don't, I don't know, but I do love thinking about it. Mm. I recently just read this book from the 60s called... Oh, what the fuck is it called? It's called um, Chariots of the Gods. I've read Chariots of the Gods, yeah. Yeah, so it's the classic ancient aliens text, right? Mm. From, I think, the mid-60s. And um, yeah. it kind of kicked off or like popularized the idea that the pyramids were built by aliens and that hieroglyphs and... Um, mm. You know, runes on old Aztec temples are all showing symbols of UFOs and alien visitors. And this, you know, the writer of this book, whose name I can't remember, he's published a million books since then. Mm. His his big theory is that aliens are human beings from the future who are coming back to give technology or mm. to ourselves, basically, to like advance our um, species. What I found really fun about reading the book is that there's because i'm reading it on kindle there's a lot of little like highlighted notes on kindle like when you read it and if you click on the mm-hmm. highlighted note for pretty, almost every sentence if wow. you click on it it says this has since been disproved um wow. <laughs> this has been debunked this temple oh that, this temple that he's talking about doesn't actually exist he's thinking of a different mm. one like there's a whole chapter where he's like there's a there's a metal iron bar in India that has been sticking upright out of the ground for millennia. No one knows where it came from and it has no rust on it. It must be proof of like an alien ship from back in the day. Mm. I clicked on the little hyperlink on that on Kindle and it was like that iron bar is less than 100 years old and <laughs> and guess what it's covered in rust and it's just metal from a quarry nearby. It didn't have rust because it was new back then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, 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 that is maybe my favorite theory ever. Like ancient aliens. Yeah, I l- really love that. That the idea that something not of this world inspired life in this world, but it's 
totally f- like a fiction. It's fiction to me. Yeah. You know, when I was a teenager, maybe I wanted to believe it more. Now I have no belief in it. I just think it sounds great and it is great for films like 2001 A Space Odyssey has that. Yeah. Uh, the year 10, the movie 10,000 BC by Roland Emmerich also has like ideas of that and that movie sucks ass. Does it really? But, um, I, th- I thought that was just an Ice Age movie or something. This got some of that alien shit in Oh, there fuck. That's so fun. I'll probably watch that now. Mm. You'll like it now. Kingdom I reckon. Of- I, <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. Even though it sucks ass, I like that movie. That, um, Indiana Jones 4 has a whole ancient mm-hmm. aliens thing as well with the Aztecs yeah. and the crystal skulls. I am going to sound insane. I really want to believe it. I think it's mm. so fun and so exciting that I love the... I, I would love it if that's what life was mm. rather than just... Hey, we evolved out of a weird random explosion and then a disgusting little bacteria formed on a rock underwater and then that turned into a slug over two million years and then that turned into a frog and then that turned into blah, blah, blah. Mm. I would love it if it was like, hey, guess what? Aliens came back and they fucked some of us when we were, when we were cave people and they made yeah. us evolve. I'd be- they made us evolve. They, they, you know, they inspired the great works. How else could the pyramids be made? Well, the real answer is actually sucks a lot worse. It slavery. was slavery. Slavery <laughs> over over thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. But I would, I would love to believe all that shit. Uh, it's the mm. reason that I always end up gravitating to those conspiratorial, yes. debunked books because even though I know they're not scientifically based in anything i just love the idea of them mm. um, we got a- i think they're just great imaginative stories but i can't buy them anymore you know i can't get i i, I gotta move on from this i'm more my spiritual nature man, of my life i'm more into it maybe i'm more willing to believe than you maybe i'm the fox mm. molder to your scully maybe that's what's happening. maybe i, I can't believe, believe we've swap we swap roles <laughs> I want to believe. I used to be such a crackpot, and now I'm like, I can't, I can't fathom anymore. You've, you're aging into the sensible time of your life, and I'm aging mm-hmm. back into crackpot because I do yeah, think I'm, that does happen. <laughs> I'm reading Dawkins again. Yeah, dude. yeah, yeah. Um, I got a bunch more alien ones. I won't play all of them. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just read very briefly. Read. One from uh, where is it? I got sent this over Instagram. This was sent to me by Zach, who is uh, an old mate of mine, actually, and from Newcastle. And he has a oh shout out to Zach. I know Zach. Shout too. out to Zach Garrett. He has a, a story. I won't. I won't read the whole thing, but the gist of mm-hmm. it is that he saw a UFO on the night of his twenty-first birthday in Newcastle. On Newcastle Beach after a big night out on the town, wasted. Mm. He's 21. He's doing shots. He's hitting up Frostbites, which was a nightclub in Newcastle at the time where you got (laughs) alcoholic slushies at the bar. Um, Oh, wow. Yes. I I may have even been at this 21st. Probably. Um, You're a man about town. Yeah, and I loved Frostbites. I was always hanging out at Frosties. I was going, when are we going to Frosties? It's like getting a Frappuccino, but you vomit immediately (laughs) afterwards. So his story is that after, you know, a big night out for the 21st Mm -hmm. in Newcastle, him and a group of people end up at Newcastle Beach. They are skinny dipping in the water at three or four in the morning, 15 meters offshore, wading naked, 
when all of a sudden an orange and red light shot across the sky like a laser pointer, stopped completely still for a second, dropped down lower, and then sped off in a southerly direction. That's in my hometown of Newcastle. But I, Holy and, shit. And I, Zach's a great guy, but my mm-hmm. thought process about that is you shouldn't have opened the story by telling us that you had been out drinking for mm-hmm. your 21st all night because that immediately calls you into disrepute. And I would also say that to admit to be naked yeah. and dancing around yeah. and skinny dipping is yeah. a sin against God yeah. and you have transgressed against That's God and all his good beliefs. Yeah. And no wonder some spooky shit was happening to you. That's a You're lucky that Freddy or Jason didn't come out and <laughs> kill true. those teenagers. That's true. <laughs> but And also, I think if I was skinny dipping at three or four in the morning- yeah. And I'd be begging for a distraction. I'd be like, sometimes. hey, everyone look up there. No one look down here. Nobody look down at my shriveled pecker bobbing in the water. <laughs> Check that thing out, Check out over there. I think I saw a fucking UFO over there, guys. And then everyone turns away and I'm furiously trying to get any blood yeah. back into my dick. so that <laughs> Flapping it, it around. <laughs> come on, brother. Come on. Breathe life into yeah. it. Oh, I think also the UFO has changed the atmosphere. I'm so cold this sunny summer day. I'm cold as hell. Have you guys seen that episode of Seinfeld where they talk about like shrinkage and stuff? If you guys have, then I got yeah. I I, it's true scientifically. It is true. It does happen. Mm -hmm. The penis does shrink a little bit when it. Anyway, anyway, UFO. Woo. Oh, you can look now. You can look. Everyone, look quick, quick, quick. You're rock hard. They turn around you. Oh, you come in the water, party ruined. Um, but I got uh, so that's from Zach. Thank you, Zach. I've got another UFO one here. I'll just play for you because it's a little bit shorter. Here we go. Okay. Hi, just saw Cam's story on Instagram. Re UFOs and the like. Uh, I've been a PCAST fan since day dot. Just FYI. Uh, so I was in Darabin Parklands with a couple of mates when I was I want to say twenty one, twenty two. We were sitting on a hill. And there was this um, aircraft of some description that sort of floated over the the suburb there. And I don't know, it was making noise. There was lights. We didn't know what it was. It just sat there for a while. And then it sort of shifted off. And it was really fucked and weird. And I never, we never, we haven't talked about it since. But I was thinking, I think about it every time someone brings up UFOs and the like, because I don't believe, but I saw something and it was not, of this world. Cheers, uh, guys. Becky's beautiful. Cam's handsome. <laughs> wow. I um the ones the stories like this that I like the most are the ones mm. like that where it's from someone who says, "Hey, I'm not a believer. Mm. I'm not a crackpot. I don't buy into this crap. But here's something I can't explain that I saw. Mm. I love that kind I- of shit. I really love the telling of that story because it sounded like he was coming to terms with it and grappling and trying to recontextualize and make sense of it at the time once again. Yeah. I, I actually found that quite effective and quite spooky. Great storytelling. Yes. You, know, you should do some local beautiful. storytelling nights if you're listening. Yeah. We think that you, you have a wonderful command of not mm-hmm. only the English language, but your own charisma. Yes. You're in And control. the way that you tell the story. Thank you. It's like you have the X factor yourself. You have the X factor. You'd be in the magazine that I still have a subscription mm-hmm. to. So 
be cool to see. It was really it? compelling. Yeah. It was so compelling. I can imagine a guy from Music Stand the storytelling, like a few sheets <laughs> on the Music Stand talking through that. It's always... Because when someone tells you a UFO story, but they preface it by saying that they are a huge believer in this stuff, mm. I'm always a little bit less likely to come along for the journey. I remember maybe... Uh, Eight years ago, I was doing stand-up in Brisbane and after the show, a bunch of the comics went back around to some guy's house for some drinks and he was, by coincidence, by like whatever circumstance, he was really, he was a really rich guy, this guy. He wasn't a comedian. He was a former musician and he made a bit of money in the 2000s. He was actually, I don't know if you are familiar with that band Sunk Lodo. You, oh you know yeah, Sunk, Sunk Lodo. They were like a new metal band from um, Brisbane or somewhere up in yeah. Queensland in the two thousands, and um, he was in that band, I guess, and they made some money, and he bought a huge like penthouse apartment, and he was a comedy fan, and so he would come down and like watch comedy, and then some comedians wow. would go back and hang out with him and have drinks and stuff. Um, I don't know if he's still around, but anyway. So, I'm looking it up now. Sunk Lodo disbanded in 2007, after, but after a 15-year hiatus, they are back, baby, oh, 2022. shit. Sunk Lodo, Australian alternative metal band formed in the Gold Coast. Actually, yeah, it was the Gold Coast, now that I see mm. that. It was after a Gold Coast gig, and he had an apartment on Cavill Avenue. Oh, Big okay. party part mm. of town. I remember Sunk Loader. Big, they were essentially a new metal band. I think the singer had dreadlocks and stuff. So funny. That era of music. Kind of Crows vibes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking more like Corn uh, vibes. No, no, Counting Crows it is. <laughs> That's the only dr- male dreadlocks you can accept is Counting Crows. Yeah, because um, yeah, I like him. But the I guy- like that guy. Yeah, of course. We all love the guy from Counting Crows. Did you know that he was the bartender at the Viper Room? Oh, on the famous nights. I don't know if he was there on the famous night, but he he was a bar, viper and bartender even while he was famous. Even when he was famous, wow. I mean, I guess if the video store was still open, I'd still be working there. Yeah, he said like, uh, yeah, because it was the big scene to be. You wanted to be there, and I'm like, yeah, man, but you're the bartender. Like, if that's the only way you're getting into the viper room, is by pouring yeah. drinks. I don't think that really counts as like you or partying with Jude Law and Gwyneth Paltrow and stuff. <laughs> So anyway, the the guy from Sunk Lodo had us back at his apartment in in the Gold Coast and everyone was pretty drunk and I was sitting on the balcony with him and he launched into a UFO story, but he prefaced oh it by gosh. saying, "In he said, do you believe in UFOs? And I said, very non-committally, I said, I think they're really cool and interesting. Mm. And then he said, I've seen 65 UFOs. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, okay, oh <laughs> here we go. I mean, I, you can clock 65 UFOs <laughs> if you don't know what a plane is, you don't have a radar app. I guess if you're technically counting any flying object as yeah. an unidentified flying object, if you don't You're looking know, at a plane going, damn, I don't know what flight number that is. UFO, I guess. Don't know the make and model of that <laughs> helicopter. I guess that's a UFO. <laughs> I've seen 65. Yeah. <laughs> And then he like told me a bunch of UFO stories and, and they were all, every single one of them was in the vicinity of a story about being uh, really drunk or high. It was all like, 
after I was a show, so drunk I forgot what a freaking plane was, dude. <laughs> It was like, you know, after a show, I was on a balcony in a hotel and I, you know, looked out and I saw a UFO and it was all stuff like that. And I just wasn't quite buying it. And he started getting angry with me because it was I was not as excited as he was. Mm. And I was like, I was just going, oh, yeah, okay. And I was clearly just maybe a little bit dismissive about his stories. Mm. And he, this is not going to paint this guy in a good light, but he got so angry he started arguing with me and he was yelling and stuff and he was going like you don't fucking believe me this guy doesn't fucking believe me and then he went into his he had a whole room full of guitars he went into his guitar yep. room and brought a guitar out and i'm not exactly he started smashing the guitar on the balcony of his own his own oh guitar gosh. on his own balcony in the gold coast he was just smashing the guitar like in anger and rage that i didn't believe his 65 ufo stories Oh my god, this guy's awesome! <laughs> yeah, I left. Like, obviously, I was like, I got to get out of here. This is insane. This is like- sunk Lodo, by the way. Sounds like the name of a Star Trek, a Star Wars character. <laughs> Hello, my name is Sunk Lodo. <laughs> sunk Lodo, welcome to my cantina. <laughs> Maybe it is the legends of Sunk Lodo and all these stories from the cantina. <laughs> I got out of there. It felt like boogie nights. It was like a real, yeah. you know, firecrackers going off in the background. Mm. It was crazy. But uh, I'm glad to hear that Sunk Lodo are back together currently. Yeah, we got to go see him. We got to go see him. I'm so scared of that guy. I don't, I've, I haven't seen the guy since. I don't think he hangs around anymore. But what if you were in the concert and he locked eyes with you? I don't Would think he'd remember freaked? me. I, I feel like the guy's seen, he's had such an exciting life. He was in yeah. a semi-famous new metal band in the Gold Coast in the 2000s, and he's seen mm-hmm. 65 UFOs. He wouldn't remember How many me. UFOs do you think he's seen since then? Another, Another 65? 65. <laughs> it was eight years ago. I reckon he's seen it. He's, it's doubled if we asked him now. I've seen 130 UFOs. <laughs> and four million cryptids. Each one of them scarier than the last... And I saw them all. I could face off to the next one. No problem. Whatever. <laughs> I've got one more call to play for you. Um, mm-hmm. And then we'll we'll get the hell out of here. You know, we've got, we got stuff to do. We've got, we've got a show to promote. We've got to be tweeting and jumping mm-hmm. on Instagram. We've got to be sharing the links. We've got to be shutting down trolls that are yeah. making fun of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I shut down trolls with a fucking gun. No, yeah. I, I don't do that. I don't. I went to a troll's house and smashed my guitar in front of him. <laughs> I've seen sixty-five trolls in my life. <laughs> Imagine being I've into like a- paranormal <laughs> shit, but you're obsessed with trolls. <laughs> I've seen over a hundred thousand trolls in my life. Each one more disgusting than the last. Every single bridge in this world has one troll that lives underneath it, and each br- each one is a unique species to that bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Trolls are great Alright, I got one more It's a little bit longer But uh, I like it I think it's good Thank you, by the way Thanks for everyone For calling in on 1-800-BECKY-CAM And for sending me messages uh, You know, voice messages on Instagram Please mm-hmm. keep doing that uh, Here is our final call For Oof. this episode And yes I'm freaked Just a warning It is about two minutes long So that's longer oh, than wow, yeah, okay. So you've got two minutes To sort of chill out And listen to this I'm freaked and I'm geeked already. All right, good. Hi, Cam. It's Tim from Norway. Um, I have a, a little uh, a spooky story for you, but it's not much happened in it, um, but it did happen to me. And I'm hoping that as a um, young Catholic fella, 
you might be particularly chilled by it. Um, because when I was a younger man, I used to work, when I lived in Perth, I worked on pipe organs. I used to restore and tune and make all, um, pipe organs, which meant a lot of my work was done in sort of concert halls and schools and some private residences, but it was a lot of it was done in churches, of course. So a lot of my working day was spent in old churches when they were empty. And by their very nature, they're quite spooky places. They're old, they're cold, and they smell of mold. Wow. I just pause it there for a my second. Heart. Um, I just want to. I love yeah, that. I wanted to pause it to take a, a moment to congratulate Tim mm-hmm. on that rhyme scheme. We loved it. That's our shit. Like yeah. When someone chucks in three words that rhyme out of nowhere, <laughs> either alliteration or rhyming out of nowhere, yeah. it's I absolutely love it. Yeah, me too. I go gaga for it. Um, I think it's, it's fun and funny. And it- I'm glad to hear you say that on the record because that is my writing style. And often I see you delete those in scripts when I put three in a row like that. <laughs> but I'm glad to hear you finally admit it. Well, you can't do multiple in an episode. I think you get away with one. You get away with one that's sort of like a semi-beat poem rap Mm -hmm. moment. You can't have... You can't be like... Every second line is a a couplet, essentially. That's the difference between you and I. You do too. Freaky, dicky, scary, hairy. I'm always myth, mirth, magic. Shit, that's so true. You're you're threes, I'm twos. That's Mm -hmm. weird. That's weird. Your threes, I'm twos. You do the math. Five. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's continue. The- and also, I just want to say, great setting for this story already. I love yeah. it. Ch- a church. Beautiful. pipe. A guy who fixes pipe organs. Oh, That's awesome. Great job. Great- that should be a movie job. That's a movie job, yeah. And it'd be like fucking... I don't know who would have who would have who's like a spindly little fucking man who Bill Hader. Like Bill Hader, he's a pipe yeah. organ fixer and he's working in mm. big old cathedrals by himself all yeah. the time. Come on. Yeah, I'm a pipe organ fix- fixer. <laughs> Figure it out. You do the math. All right. <laughs> Let's continue. Um at one end of the uh of the church of course there's the organ gallery which overlooks the whole thing where you can see where the congregation would sit, and you can see the altar, the altar at the other end, as I'm sure you're aware. Um, and a colleague and I looked down towards the altar, and we saw the corner of the tablecloth was lifted up, not flapping in the breeze, but lifted up as if some kind of sexual force was trying to peer underneath to get underneath the altar. Or maybe they were going to do the magic trick or something where they just whip the tablecloth out, but that was, that's where the consecrated bread was stored. And that's the, the altar, of course, is meant to represent Christ's presence during Mass. So for some reason, the spectral ghoul wanted to disrupt that. And we, we looked down and we saw it at the end of the church. We saw the corner of the tablecloth lifted up deliberately. Did not really much happened, but that did happen. And, um, it's chilling to a young man to do that kind of thing. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Wow, wow. God, wow. was he in an organ while recording that? Yeah, I think he's in one of the pipes while he sent that call. <laughs> <laughs> that like, would be and I've cool. been that trapped be... in the, that organ um, <laughs> t- 
to this day, actually. And I'd um, really, very much appreciate it if you could call the authorities. <laughs> I only have access to your Instagram account, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Please. That was freaky, yes, though. Yes, it is freaky. I, and I know, uh, as you know, I'm a. I was raised You're a man very of the Catholic, cloth. very deeply Catholic, with mm-hmm. the idea of heaven and hell and the afterlife looming over me. I also know that you are quite drawn to Catholic horror, Catholic themed mm. horror. I love religious horror movies yes. because I think that it taps into the primordial origins of man where we are figuring out like the mortality, spirituality and everything. Like Exorcist, one of my favorite movies of all time for that reason. Yeah, I, I watched The Exorcist again for the first time in like 10 years recently and I forgot how much of that movie starts like fucking Indiana Jones. It starts on like an yes. archaeological dig. Yeah, in Iraq. In Iraq it's so or freaky. something. It's so good. It's, I love that movie so much. It's I, I think it's a, it is literally the scariest movie ever made for a good reason. I think that's what... Uh, I mean, I know that's why I'm definitely scared by sort of ca- Catholic or religious horror stuff mm. is because to me it seems like... It's like I mean it's 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 obviously like there's ghosts and hauntings and mm. shit involved with it, but also there's an idea, a sense of like fate about mm. it all that really scares me. The idea that like you're destined to yes. die and then you become the thing that haunts people or whatever, or you're you're being haunted by something because of something you're doing wrong or something like that. I think it's also too true in the idea that when you think about like religious horror and like these kind of elements of it, it is like a true grappling between good and evil. And I think yeah. when it enters the realm yeah. of religion, it feels inescapable of entering that. So true. And you know, religion is ancient, you know, even, mm. even religions like newer religions, like Catholicism, they're still like thousands of a thousand years old or whatever, but they all date back to a like to early early times mm. and it feels like it's dealing with like the origins and maybe even the origin origins of sentience and stuff and yeah, i think that's why yeah. they creep me out so much you're so right about the idea of just good and evil because th- mm. there's something so scary about being a young catholic kid and having people in your life tell you that if you're bad you go to hell and I just, mm. I, and it sucks down. And it's really time. bad. I remember being a kid and being told that, like my grandma being mm. like, "Well, you'll go to hell if you do that." And I just remember thinking, "That is so fucking terrifying." The idea of a horned devil. Mm-hmm. I got given a when I was five years old or something. I got given a Bible by my great uncle for my birthday. It was an illustrated Bible that had. Uh, in the Old Testament, had a picture of Lucifer in it, like a big. What did he look like? Or like scary, dude. Fucking scary. like Faust. Or, yeah, that sort of Faustian, like big, muscly, horned oh my devil. God. Like in that oil painting style. You'd you'd be turned on by him, but for me as a young fella, scared shitless. Scared. Good lord. Yeah. And freaky. And then when I was you know about twelve, the X Files was on TV and there was mm. an episode of that about a um, a woman who married the devil. Oh, my God. And that scared the shit out of me because I just couldn't help but think, why? Well, he's a bad guy. What, what does he have going for him? He's rich, he's maybe. Handsome, I don't know. He's muscly. He's got those, <laughs> the things he can do with those horns. Good grief. Oh, good Lord. Oh, 
mind. I'm about to slip off this chair here in these kind of things. But the idea of evil and punishment has been mm. looming over me, and it just is so fucking scary and and like not even scary in a jump scare way. It's like a deep mm. a deep fear. It hits you I think really it's, hard. It's evil. That's what it is. Mm. Like it's you're being confronted with your ideas of what true evil is. Like primordial evil, evil that is not of this world. Like the true darkness, and it is freaky to think about that. It is freaky to think about that. And uh, I want to thank our caller Tim from Norway for calling us from the pipe organ itself. Mm-hmm. I hope he gets out of there one day. I hope that he finds safety in there from all the devils of this world. Do you know what? Now that I'm imagining him stuck in a pipe organ, I'm imagining him like the size of the borrowers. That's what I'm thinking about. I Mm. think that, you know, either borrowers or like little troll doll sized people. Or like five. Maybe that's what five or. Well, he's just a rat. You probably don't want a mouse climbing into that one organ. But, you know, I love those sorts of worlds where the Mm. mice have jobs. So like like Basil the Great Basil Master, the Detective, great master and Detective and stuff like that. So I love yeah. I love the idea of a little a little mouse whose job is because mm. he's small enough he has to clean the pipes of the pipe organ and I assume he just think- jumps down the pipes and it pushes all the soot and dust out. They might have had it too good for too long. We got to stop putting those guys to work. <laughs> <laughs> They got to start contributing to the economy, start freaking climbing in and our pipes and stuff to yes. really clean things out. Yes. And, you know, give us a quote. I want a little mouse to give me a quote to fix, like, my freaking kitchen sink pipe or something. I'd fucking love that. I would love that. And they've got mm. a cute little tool belt with, like, little thumbtacks in there instead of screwdrivers. <laughs> Yeah, it's just got an Allen key he uses as a walking stick walking around. <laughs> Alexi Toliopoulos, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Becky and Cam Hotline. My pleasure, dude. Thank you for giving me the call up and thanks for freaking me out on this beautiful day. Well, you're you're a light-hearted, joyous, mm-hmm. warm person. I feel like you need to get taken down to Freaktown every now and then. I need to confront the netherworlds. Yes, you do. You do. Did you get freaked out at any point during the making of Finding Eases? Yeah. 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 <laughs> there were a few times, you know, even in the first episode, I got kept in a freaking virtual reality headset for like three hours. That is and true. that kind of like, that actually did freak me out. I was in there a little bit too long and I started perceiving reality differently. <laughs> like when I came out, I felt like my eyes were too high, like they were above <laughs> my body or something. Because when I would move my arms around, they would not feel like they were in the right place. I don't know how else to describe <laughs> it. I felt like I was living a third person life for like probably 20 minutes until I got used to the world again. I was worried about you because. The guy that we were with said that you shouldn't be in virtual reality for any longer than 20 minutes. And you you mm. were literally in there for about two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, I was in there for a long time because you were talking to him and I just I just got stuck. No one was checking in on me. <laughs> I don't even think people were filming me for a long time. I was just playing a game for like an hour and a half, not even a camera on me to get any B-roll. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate your sacrifice. Oh, well, you know, it was all in the name of art and a heck of a good story. That is true. Would you like to plug anything, perhaps even finding Yeezus? 
That is what I would love wow. to plug, Finding Jesus. It is a video series, documentary, investigative mystery hybrid from Cameron and myself. Mm-hmm. This is our bread and butter. This is what we do best. We love solving mysteries uh, out there in the realm of popular culture. And this one is the biggest mystery we've ever tackled. Many online sleuths before us have tried to solve the mystery of Kanye Quest 3030. All have failed. Some have claimed to have solved it and then not done anything to solve it. Mm -hmm. But we are freaking going in and we are challenging our mind, body, and soul to get to the end and find out who made Kanye Quest 3030. Was it invented by a cult to recruit people? And heck, over six episodes, I think we do a really good job of making it. Absolutely. Uh, All will be revealed. That's all mm-hmm. that I will say. Thank you so much, Alexi. Everyone should follow you on uh, Instagram and Twitter at this is Alexi. Um, people can also listen to you and I talk every week on Total mm-hmm. Reboot, our own podcast. We talk about movies. Yep. We'll be putting some extra stuff about finding Jesus around that if you're obsessed with it. Yep. Um, but we'll be also in the near future, we'll be revamping what we do on that podcast to be something a little bit more different, a little bit more in the realm of discovery and exploration and curiosity. That is true. That is true. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you probably every day for the next uh, near future. <laughs> For the next freaking 25 years of our life, we've actually committed to each other. See I'll see you in our dream. We share. <laughs>